everyone, and welcome to the second show of our fourth season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. <laughs> Today is Valentine's Day, so I thought we'd discuss what that means to us. I but- love you. <laughs> love you, Bill. But first, beer. <laughs> On today's very loving show, <laughs> we have a very special beer uh, that is... Uh, Near and dear to a cause for both Dana and I, which is uh, the global conversation about race, injustice, and equality, and to be the change that we seek. So Finback Brewing, in collaboration with a whole bunch of other breweries, came up with a beer called Breathing Conversations. So it's Breathing Colon Conversations. Uh, This is a double IPA. At 8.4 ABV. Woof. And, um, yeah, this is going to start off our Sunday <laughs> nicely. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Finback came up with this concept of doing a collaboration brew with a whole bunch of other participating breweries uh, to keep the conversation going on social injustice here in the United States. Um I'm going to read off the can. Storytelling is social justice. We will share our stories for our own healing. If you choose to quiet down and listen with an open heart, you will know our stories matter, as do our lives. And that's the TMI project out of Kingston, New York. Uh, 100% of the profits from this beer will go to the support uh, of the work of TMI's project's Black Stories Matter program. Listen to the TMI project podcast. Black Stories Matter. You can listen to that podcast at tmiproject.org slash podcast. Cool. So we're going to crack this open and see what this IPA tastes like. Thanks, Dan, for the suggestion. We didn't know anything about it. This was a suggestion from our buddy, Mr. Feelings. Nice. (laughs) Feelings. What a perfect thing for today. Yes. Get all the feels out. So, cheers. Cheers, Bill. It smells great. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. That's very good. Yeah. So, kudos to... Should I read them all really fast? Read a few. Okay. So, we have Aston Beer Company, Barrier Brewing Company, Blue Point Brewing Company, Brooklyn Brewery, Cascade Brewing, Cerebral Brewing, Cloudwater Brew Company... Departed Souls Brewing Company, Drake's Brewing Company, DTSG Brewing, Ebony and Ivory Brewing. Well, where is that? Fifth Hammer Brewing. <laughs> of course, Finback Brewing, or Finback Brewery, who came up with the idea. Uh, Hudson Valley Brewery. Um, nice. There's a lot of industrial arts. Interboro. All of uh, Other half. Mumford Brewing. Trillium is involved in this. Wow. Wild East Brewing Company. So there's a lot of... A lot of breweries that came together to uh, make it a point that, you know, when we get together to drink beer, that we should talk about issues that really matter to us and to the uh, social and racial injustices in the United States. It's um, super juicy, but there's a kick at the end. I like it. It's yeah. a little a little bite. Mm-hmm. So Valentine's Day, boo. Yes. What does Valentine's Day mean to you? I think it means showing the ones that we love how much we love them and how much we care about them. Um, 
it can come in forms of hugs and kisses. It can come in forms of um, gifting that person to make them feel special. How do you feel about it? Um, so I was watching The Real or Some Talk Show the other day, and I think there are four women that host the show, and they were talking about Valentine's Day, what it means to them, and I thought it was interesting because they were divided on the subject, and it was, it's like two women are in the same age group and two are older. The two younger ones said Valentine's Day was very important to them. They don't want to hear anything about a boyfriend or significant other and not believing in it. They have to have gifts. It's very special. If you don't get a gift, it's like tragic. Like so you can super, be broken up with. It's super materialistic. For pretty them. much. Yeah. Uh, and the older women started laughing. They were like, it's a Hallmark day. Like you falling for that. Like it's just, yeah. a, it, I thought it was hilarious because I'm more of that thought process of like, it's, it's a day to like express you love the person, but to me it's not a big deal. It's not like, oh my God, you forgot Valentine's Day. How dare you? It's yeah. not, I don't know. So that made me start thinking about the origins of Valentine's Day. you have any idea where this started? I have no clue, but you are the queen of research, so let's hear it. Do you want to guess? Uh, was it started here in the States? It is, a, is it a United States based? And no. Is, no. The origin is from Europe. Yes. And St. Valentine was from... Italy. Yes. And, and? and I'll keep going. Yeah, you're <laughs> doing great. And in the year 17... I don't know if I have a year. Ah, oh, come on. We'll Do just make it up. 1796. He was like... Sure. Okay. <laughs> you should show your spouse and loved one that you really love them by buying them chocolates that were made in Rome. And no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I have no clue. I have no clue. Uh, and then Julius Caesar said, no. <laughs> So, the Catholic Church okay. recognizes at least three different saints called Valentine or Valentinus. So I'm just going to go through one of them. They're all martyred, all three of them, all the, the versions of the story. Okay. One legend contends that Valentine was a priest who served during the third century wow. in Rome. Wow. When Emperor Claudius II decided that single men are better soldiers than those with wives and families... He outlawed marriage for young men. Wow. Valentine, realizing the injustice of the decree, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Still others insist that it was St. Valentine's... Did a man named Cupid with a bow and arrow shoot him through the heart? <laughs> See, and that's, that's another thing. Like, Where does that come from? I, I wonder if Hallmark invented that. Because all three of these stories are about a priest or a bishop. Uh, they all are doing things in the name of love, and they all died for it. Yes. So where where do we get Cupid from? And the bow and arrow, and it's shooting love into your heart. That was Hallmark. I think so, too. <laughs> I found nothing about um, Cupid. But I found 10 unusual Valentine's Day traditions from around the world. Oh, nice. Would you like to hear a few? Sure. These okay. are from different countries. Yes. Okay. So this one is from South Korea. They also celebrate on the 14th of the month. Uh, Valen I'm sorry. February and March are the biggest and most expensive in uh, Korea. Valentine's Day sees women giving chocolate to men. And instead of returning the favor straight away, Korean men give chocolate on White Day, March 14th. 
So they wait a whole month to do it. A month later is Black Day, a celebration for the singles. Those who didn't receive treats in the previous months get together and eat black noodles. Interesting. With their Interesting. Okay. <laughs> what? I, so that's kind of like Galentine's here, where you, if you're yeah. single, you get together with your girlfriends. And but you're... I wonder why everything's spaced out for a month. <laughs> so on Valentine's Day, I would give you chocolates, but the next month you give me something. Like, what's the purpose of that? I wonder. I don't know. And why does the woman give first? Interesting. Right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so Norway. In Norway, secret admirers send the objects of their desire funny little poems called, I'm not even going to try to say this word. Is there an umlaut? There is not. It's G-A-E-K-K-E-B-R-E-V. Okay. Uh-huh. Let, let me try it. Hand me the piece of paper. Let's do this. Where am I? Norway. Oh. Um, vet. Little poems called... Gekebrev. Okay. Accent and everything. Nobody's going to tell us that's wrong or right. So. <laughs> uh, the only clue to That's when Sven proposes to Gerda and they live happily Gerda. after. <laughs> the only after. clue to their identity being a dot representing each letter of his name. That is not a clue. Yeah. So you'd have three dots for Jim? Like, that's not... <laughs> Here's my love letter in Morse code. Enjoy deciphering it. If the recipient guesses who the poem is from... They earn themselves an Easter egg on Easter. Remember to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> Did you hear that? They get it right. They get an Easter egg on Easter. Yes. If she stumps, she has to give the man an egg. Oh, God. <laughs> holidays blending into one another. Yeah, they're really milking all of this. Uh, it's interesting. Estonia. It's what every admirer dreads hearing, especially on Valentine's Day. Let's be friends. But in Estonia, Valentine's Day is called... You want to give that a try? There's a whole bunch of friends... There's a umlaut. There's a whole bunch of friend zoning going on in Estonia. Uh, Sobra Paev. <laughs> or Friends Day. People exchange cards and gifts among friends with a cheery, Happy Friends Day. <laughs> Just what you want to hear from someone you've had your eye on for years. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. That sounds horrendous. What? Why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whales. The Welsh do Valentine's Day a little bit earlier. In the rain. In the pissing rain. January 25th. And they do it a bit differently by gifting love spoons. Interesting. The spoons are all, they're an age-old tradition where Welsh men would carefully carve spoons and present them to the woman they were interested in. And they eat your heart out. The designs they carved were symbolic and often had hidden clues. For example, the number of beads attached represented the number of children the man was expecting his beloved to oh, produce. Jesus. Why are there beads on a spoon? That's brutal. <laughs> that is brutal. That spoon with the hearts on it looks pretty cool, though. It's very nice. I mean, I don't know how... It's beautiful. I'll whittle one of those for you. Uh, don't hurt yourself, boo. Okay. Moving on to France. What do you think they do in France? It's supposed to be like the most romantic place. <laughs> they shave each other's armpits. Oh my god. <laughs> Not so long ago. Uh, I can hear Bo laughing through. <laughs> French single people celebrated Valentine's Day by calling out to other single people living across the road until they were all paired off. If the men didn't like their match, they would simply leave the woman for... Oh, no. <laughs> for another man to call. He's crying in the rain. Called something in French. The tradition often left women unmatched. 
However, according to rules of tradition, they would get together, light a bonfire. Now, these are the women that were unmatched. They would get okay. together, light a bonfire, and toss pictures and belongings of the guys who rejected them. Belongings of the guys who rejected them. If they rejected them, why would they have their belongings? <laughs> Do they have to raid their house and like burn so their stuff? So this, I read, it gets out of hand, and the government had to ban this because it got so when so it fires. <laughs> Just bonfires the women everywhere. would get drunk and like the oh, fires no. would be out of control. Yeah, so good. the government had to step in and say they could no longer do this. Lovebirds in Slovenia. Can Slovenia. I guess this one? Please do. Okay. So I think there's doves involved. It says lovebirds. I think that the because the everything we've heard so far is always like backwards. It's the woman doing something. Yes. Yeah. So the women present the men with birds. Slovenia's Valentine's Day coincides with the beginning of spring celebrations on mm -hmm, whatever that word is when the flowers are in bloom and the birds are singing women are encouraged to go outside and look to the sky for answers the first bird they see will supposedly tell them (laughs) what their future husband will be like so they speak bird in Slovenia so here's my thing you just go outside and you look up to birds what if that bird shits on you? That's the first thing. <laughs> I hope they don't open their mouth. Well, that's what happened to well, Mo- have- that's what happened to Melania Trump in Slovenia. Well, you have to open your mouth <laughs> if you have a conversation with the bird. How high are these people in all these countries? Like what? I don't know. This is crazy. What's the next one? Iraq. Let's see. Celebrate. Dates? Is that a date? It looks like an apple. Oh. Uh, it's called Feast of Love, decorating red apples to represent the original love story. Adam and Eve. It diverges from a biblical tale that the apple is believed to bring prosperity and love, not the not the end of earthly paradise. <laughs> so they're focusing on the, the the positive aspects of Adam and Eve. That's interesting, um, since it is an Arabic country mm-hmm. um, that they're talking about Adam and Eve when they really would be talking about uh, Allah. So that's. Interesting. Yeah, so it's got to be like the northern people, like Kurdish or... It says it, Iraqi Kurds. So, yeah. So they were influenced by Christianity. So, I'd like to hear what, you know, they actually do for Valentine's Day, like in Baghdad. Do we know anybody in Baghdad? Get back to us. Yeah. (laughs) If you're currently in Baghdad. We've gotten one listen from Iraq. Have we? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. In Germany, gingerbread isn't just for Christmas. Okay. Nothing says, oh God, what is, I don't know what this is. You love the smell of ginger snaps. I love ginger. Yeah. Uh, So they give each other ginger heart-shaped biscuits. Interesting. The biscuits come with a ribbon attached so it can be, so it can be draped around the shoulders of the lucky recipient. (laughs) So you wear it. You wear the uh, ginger biscuit shaped as a heart. Nice. Guatemala, take to the street for El Dia de Carino. Something I could finally read. Thank you. Uh, an annual old love parade. Senior citizens dress in feathers and masks to celebrate in Guatemala City. Nice. And the last one, Philippines. In the Philippines, those who can't afford their dream wedding jump at the chance to tie the knot on Valentine's Day. Sponsored by the government, mass weddings take place across the country with everything being provi- provided for them, even the rings. So that's a cool thing that for cool. the government to do. Yeah. What do we think these rings look like if they're 
they're buying rings for everybody. Do you think they're whittled out of wood? No, they're probably some, like a lower grade metal. I wouldn't assume they're doing... And how do you do the fitting? Platinum or palladium or... How do you do fittings for everybody? You just give them all the same generic size? It's like, good luck. You just have a bunch of different sizes. And you show up and pick them up. I wonder how many people show up for this. Yeah. I would like to see a picture of that. That'd be cool. Uh, Anything... This is cool stuff that you looked up. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything that you can think of that has taken place on Valentine's Day, ironically, or anything? Oh, Valentine's Day reminds me of... Valentine's Day Massacre. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> oh, is that our next topic of conversation? <laughs> the St. Valentine's Day Massacre was the 1929 murder of seven members of the Associates of Chicago's Northside Gang. Was that, that occurred. Capone's guys? He yeah. was involved. Uh, it was on Valentine's Day. The men were gathered at the Lincoln Park Garage on the morning of feast day. They were lined up against a wall and shot by four unknown assailants who were dressed like police officers. This is during Prohibition, right? Yeah. Yes. The incident resulted from the struggle to control organized crime in the city during Prohibition between the Irish Northsiders, headed by George Bugs Moran, yep. and their Italian Southside game, led by Al Capone. The perpetrators, I almost said something else, the perpetrators have never been. <laughs> Conclusively identified. But former members of Egan's Rats gang <laughs> working for Capone are suspected of the role. Wrangle up the rats. We're going uptown. As hey. are members of the Chicago Police Department uh. who allegedly wanted revenge for the killing of a police officer's son. Wow. Okay. So I would assume they probably gave them the the uh, police officer outfits. Yes. They said they were dressed like cops. Yep. That's shady. So a great movie in relation to those times in Chicago, um, starring Kevin Costner and um, Sean Connery, is The Untouchables. Yes. Which is a great movie. I highly recommend. I feel like everybody's seen that. Yeah. Oh, if you haven't seen it, it's tremendous. And there's a scene uh, at the end at Chicago's Union Station that's pretty awesome. At Union Station? The Chicago train station. Oh. It's like, have you ever been to Union Station? The only time I went to Chicago was with you. Did we go to Union Station? No, we did not, but we probably should have. That train confused the hell out of me in Chicago. (laughs) The subway. Well, the the loop. Yeah. The metro. But, yeah. So, of course, loving true crimes like I do, I looked up um, Valentine's Day murders. Oh, my God. (laughs) I sleep with one eye open, Always watching murder, death, killed investigation. Shows. On Valentine's Day 2001, Dr. John Hamilton ordered an expensive bouquet of flowers for his wife Susan. Okay. But she would never live to see them. Oof. Coming home between surgeries, he allegedly found his wife dead in a pool of her own blood. She'd been strangled, strangled with two of his own neckties and had her skull beaten so badly that pieces of brain were exposed. Jeez. By their friends' accounts, John and Susan had a happy marriage. But as investigators dug deeper, they found some suspicious clues that made Hamilton the prime suspect. Uh What do you think uh, the clues were that they found? I don't know. They found a note that his wife wrote him on on a Valentine's Day card. I bought my car two weeks ago. So I guess maybe they don't seem in a, they don't seem appropriate now, 
but I do love you. Have a good day, Susan. Some of Susan's family confirmed that she had been considering divorce after discovering he made some sordid phone calls with a stripper. Then to complicate the matter further, the police found found traces of blood and flesh in Dr. Hamilton's car. They also found Susan's jewelry hidden in an underwear drawer, almost as if he wanted to make the police think a robbery had taken place. After an expert witness testified that the blood splatters on Dr. Hamilton's sleeve were consistent with someone beating his wife, the jury convicted him of murder in less than two hours. Wow. This next one you know about. Do you remember... uh, the Olympian Oscar Pistorius. Oh yeah, I know all about that. Do you? Okay, well tell us the story. With Blade him. Runner. <laughs> That's what they call him. Yes. What happened on he, Valentine's Day? He killed his girlfriend. Do you know why? Or the reason he said why? She was taking too long in the bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> they only had one bathroom. And she was taking. See? I know all about that. Yeah. That gets rough sometimes. So what we got? Uh, let's see. 2013 Valentine's Day. While Pistorius admits that he fired the gun that killed his lover. Lover? Why do people choose that word? Why not just like... Hey, lover. That's... Is that a weird word to you? Yeah. It reminds me like the 70s and somebody like with a lot of fur and hair and just... I don't know. Ron Burgundy? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell did that skit in SNL. Yeah. The, the lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So gross. Uh, his lover, Reva Stinkamp. He denies it was murder. He claims that he thought he heard an intruder and that he was acting in self-defense. I remember that. He thought it was an intruder in the bathroom now? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. How does that make sense? It was in the middle of the night. You wake up. You hear noise in the bathroom. Yeah. You see your lover is not in bed next to you. Don't you just assume, oh, that person's in the bathroom. Yeah. That is such a horrible uh, cover-up story. Maybe she got to drop a deuce in the middle of the night. You don't know. Just She's waiting for you to go to sleep. She didn't want to bother you. Yeah. Text messages were recovered from her phone that said she was afraid of Pistorius. It's me in the bathroom. <laughs> don't be alarmed. <laughs> please don't shoot me. Um, she was terrified of him. Apparently, he was very abusive. And, uh, well... Clearly, he was abusive because I think if you get murdered. I hope he didn't kick her. Oh my god. That was a good so, one. what's. I don't know his background. Do we know how he lost his legs? Was he born without legs? No, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy story, if, you know, except for the murder part. Like, just yeah. him getting to that point in life where he excelled. Olympian, yeah. Yeah. Winner. Uh, okay. Another 2013, Minister Nathan Luthgold gave his children Valentine's Day cards before school, but the only thing he gave his wife was a bullet in the face. Oh my goodness. Jesus. (laughs) These are really uplifting Valentine's Day stories. It took the jury only 90 minutes to find him guilty of murdering his wife, Denise. Oh God. He laid in wait for his wife to return home. So we could fire a gun through... Right at her face. A gunshot through her head. Jeez. Investigators found that he made hundreds of internet searches. Uh, st- stupid. Come on. hundred internet searches about how to... How to most effectively kill someone. Dumbass. He had Googled how, how much poison a human body could withstand. And how to 
quietly fire a 40 caliber Glock shotgun. <laughs> Furthermore, he had used his children's college fund to pay his mistress hush money to not tell the police that they were having an affair. The mistress was at the house often teaching the children. That's crazy. Lithuanian. That's crazy. Okay, guys. Not that I'm going to say that I condone murder, because clearly I don't. Who would? But what you don't do is go to your home computer and Google how to most effectively kill someone. Tell me more, lover. (laughs) How dumb are people? (laughs) How much poison can the human body contain? Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. A Valentine's Day trap. Stacy, we don't do a last name. Stacy definitely knew she wanted her fifth husband dead. See, right there, there's an issue. <laughs> Why? What's the issue? It's her fifth husband. What, what, what happened to the other four? And she wants this guy dead. They're all the, all the rest of them are dead. How do you know that? Why I, do you assume I, that? I, we're we're going to they... look her up after the show. I guarantee those people are no longer breathing and walking around on this earth. She wanted him dead, but she wasn't sure how to execute the plan. Yeah, she is. She did it four times prior. Jesus. She decided to hire a personal trainer known as Mr. Results. I'm sure he was. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who moonlit as a hitman. How do you know that? Do you pass out cards? (laughs) I'm going to give you a six-pack, and I'm going to kill your spouse. Uh, So the Mr. Mr. Results took the unsuspecting man out in a hot air balloon. Pushed him over the side. He was a hot air balloon enthusiast. Yeah, he pushed him over the side. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's see. What did How he did get? How did this man die by hot air balloon? She gave the hitman ten thousand dollars for the service. Is that him? Yes. This is a picture That's of Mr. Mr. Results. Results. Oh my goodness! Oh, so Looks she like gave Kimbo slice. Wow! Don't don't put that in the atmosphere. Um, Kimbo's dead. It's dead, right? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Um, she gave him $10,000 and immediately claimed the life insurance policy, which was $500,000. Did she do it through Chase Quick Pay so it was traced? <laughs> Probably. Oh <my> <laughs> and she put in the notes for husband's murder. <laughs> if you're going to go and kill someone, all right, you don't look up how to do it so that it's on your web history, right? You don't. Yeah. Right? You don't leave your house with your phone on you so you can be tracked everywhere you go. And you don't call someone and have a conversation with them about it. Or text anybody. So, speaking of that, unfortunately for her, she had arranged almost the entirety of the crime via phone calls. Which the police got recordings Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. People are stupid! Mm. I mean, again, don't murder guys. But... (laughs) If you're going to. Be smarter. Oh, God. Hi, is this Hitman Services? Great. Hitman's are us. Great. How do you want to be paid? Oh, my God. Oh, you want a paper trail? Great. (laughs) Is this this being recorded? (laughs) Through your customer assurance uh, recording? Great. Uh, 25-year-old Tiana. Her last name was noticed. (laughs) Let's see what she did not notice. Broke up with her boyfriend, James Carter, because of his frequent, volatile, and sometimes violent behavior. Carter wasn't willing to give her up. However, even after she received multiple restraint, God, multiple restraining orders, he continued texting, calling, and emailing Tiana. 
eventually culminating with these threats. Trust me, baby girl. You are you are go. You go to lose everything. Well, again, grammar too. So as God is my witness, punishment is on the way. So be prepared. He's okay. So he's putting. <laughs> whoever, whoever the typist was who had to write this out was like, oh, God. So he, he has proof in her cell phone because he told her she has multiple restraining orders oh, on gosh. this specific human being. Jeez. You will have nothing but bad luck. You hear me? Remember this email. <laughs> Remember this email oh. when Karma bits you in the ass. <laughs> bits you, not bites. That's probably how it was said too. Uh, but you will have to answer to God first for screwing James's family over because of all the things they did for you. Wow. Despite frequent police interventions, Carter kept trying to visit Tiana at her home and workplace and wrote her many letters. <laughs> His behavior alternated between extremely hostile and extremely apologetic. Psycho. Oftentimes, trying to make amends and get back together with Tiana. Let's see. Oh, more text. We don't know. No. Uh, Tiana returned to the police with his email, and they finally agreed to take Carter in for violating restraining order. They wouldn't be able to arrest him in time. In time. Valentine's Day, 2009. Tiana was Ooh. killed. Ooh. Over 20 stab wounds inflicted Whoa, by ex-boyfriend James Carter. Yes. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Wow. 20 stab wounds. They were not happy with one another. So I don't... I mean, they're all sad, but this woman, what could she do? She went to the police many times. And that's always weird to me when people say... When they call the police and the police say, they ha the person hasn't done anything. We yes. have to wait for them to do something. They have to wait for the person to be murdered. There needs to be some sort of, I don't know, something they can it's do. It's a very gray area. It's like, you know, how big of a threat has the person been thus this far? This dude was texting, emailing, coming to her place yeah. of business, her house. So there needs to be adjustments to these stalker laws. He clearly didn't care about the restraining order. It's he almost did like whatever. it needs to be like a federal mandate across all 50 states, you know? Yeah, yeah. there should be for stalking, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that, it's that's sad. Um, let's see. Who are these people? And then if it crosses state lines, like if the person moves and then that person yeah. follows them. Yeah. Valentine's Day 1971 was the last holiday 19-year-old Jesse McVeigh and 20-year-old Patricia Mann spent together. Or spent alive, for that matter. Oh, wow. The young lovebirds accompanied each other to a Valentine's Day dance at a local hospital. What's going to happen at a hospital? Come on, there's resuscitating equipment at a hospital. Come on. But neither returned to their beds that night. The police initially ignored the case, assuming the couple had just run away or eloped. And a few days later began an investigation that yielded no results. A few weeks after, a local surveyor found two bodies tied to a tree still lovingly leaned against each other. It was Jesse and Patricia. They had marks on their bodies indicated that a rope was tightened and slacked around them multiple times, implying some sort of sick torture. Oh, wow. Because their kidnapping and death happened in different countries. What? Multiple police precincts were involved. Oh, counties. Haha. <laughs> no, it's countries. 
that oftentimes are reluctant to share information with each other. No suspects were ever brought in, and the murder remains at large to this day. Wow. That said, that's so that sounds like jealousy, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. An ex, I would say it must be an ex boyfriend. Not judging, but I would think an ex-girlfriend wouldn't be strong enough to take two bodies and string them up where they're still standing. That's creepy. All right, let's do one more. After, okay, what was the beginning of this one? It is about a married couple. The title says, Husband murders wife, stuffs pieces of her body in garbage bags, and blames the police for everything. Totally normal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. On Valentine's Day 2007. I loved her so much I wanted pieces of her <laughs> strewn about in different bags. And Stephen Grant notified a local police precinct that his wife, Tara Lynn Grant, was missing. What did she do? After interviewing Stephen... Poli- right, what did she do? It's her fault. To, After- to cause him to do that? I mean, <laughs> Clearly. After interviewing Stephen, police discovered that there was a five-day gap between his wife going missing and when he reported her disappearance. She burned a hole in his favorite shirt. How dare she? With the iron. Stephen Grant immediately began going on a, a media bonanza, appearing on tons of shows and accusing the police of harassment. That's what you don't want to do. <laughs> in early March, police executed a search warrant on one of Grant's homes and found mangled pieces of Tara's remains on the floor of the garage. So you've had five days before you reported her missing, and you just left bits of her? Pieces, yeah. Because nobody's going to check for her? What? Stephen Grant had apparently... Didn't even smell like bleach in there. He was was not Dexter. No. He probably had blood cylinders, nails. Stephen Grant had apparently originally (laughs) dumped his wife's body in a local park but moved it back into the garage after hearing the police would be searching the park. You don't think they're going to search your house? (laughs) Stephen Grant had, by that time of the search, fled the state. The police caught up with him in Michigan by tracking his cell phone because he called his sister. After being brought in by police, Grant confessed, saying that he had strangled his wife after she belittled him wow. and bit him. Wow. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. So I guess you're right. It's her fault. Yeah. Totally her fault. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't belittle anybody. So I, I would assume that most of these, because it was Valentine's Day, they're... They're all crimes of passion. Yes, absolutely. Which it sounds like, ooh, crimes of passion. It, no, that's no. You, you crazy. Oh, you very crazy. So how was your Valentine's Day? Great. I just read about a bunch of murders. <laughs> how was your Valentine's weekend? Okay, let's discuss that. So Friday, I went into work with Jim, and I sat in the car for an hour and a half by myself. An hour and 20 minutes. Anyway, I had a meeting. <laughs> Um, and then we got to enjoy, uh, you know, be tourists in our own city, which was pretty cool. We checked into the Meridian Hotel. Yep. We walked through Central Park. It was beautiful. So the kids sledding and all that, which I've never done in almost 46 years of existence. There was a kid sledding on a plastic bag around a newspaper. So I guess it was, was? yes, it was dropped off at their house this morning and he was like, I don't have a sled. (laughs) But this will work. It works. Yeah, and he flew down the hill. I was like, whoa, didn't know that was a thing. 
that happens. We went to dinner at, um, where did we go to dinner? Nobu. Nobu. 57th yes, Street. Yes, We were the first diners for their reopening after, you know, the New York City restaurant shut down for indoor dining, and they were very happy to see us. They applauded us. They cheered us all the way to our table. We <laughs> felt like celebrities. We are. Oh, yeah, we are. This podcast is huge. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, my God. Everybody knows. They're like, oh, my God, it's Jim and Dana from But First Beer. <laughs> They're like that beer podcast thing that they do. Whispering, no autographs, please. We just want to be alone. Um, if you want to go to an amazing restaurant, a little pricey, but if you want to have a nice night out on the town and have amazing Asian fusion yes. food, go to Nobu and ask to be seated in Tim's section upstairs. Tim was the man. Tim was awesome. What was your favorite thing that we ingested? In that. Martini that I had. Oh, it was a gin martini. Food. No, the gin martini <laughs> was amazing, and then for drinks, and then for food, it would have to be that uh, shrimp and lobster dish with the. Oh my god. Uh, the mushrooms. What type of mushrooms? Shiitake. I don't even. I think know. they were shiitake, and then we had two green beans. <laughs> two sugar snap peas. Two sugar snap peas. <laughs> we were like, "Where's the rest of the snap peas? Because they're really good. These two that were in here were really good." I don't um, know how it, it was in a, a spicy lemon sauce, but the lobster was just, it melted in your mouth. The lobster and the shrimp, and even the yes. mushrooms, it just, I've never had such good food before. We it also had a so baby delicious. spinach salad with Thank shrimp. God, with real shrimp. The only vegetable that we was had. really good. That was the only, yeah. Well, we had the mushrooms. Yes. And the, yes. And the two snap peas. So we had a the little The two bit. snap peas. Yes. Yeah. So it goes a long nice. way. But after that, we actually hopped in a cab, hopped in a yellow cab. We did not take an Uber. We did it the old school stuff. <laughs> and we rode down to Hudson Yards. And if you guys haven't been to the Hudson Yards project that they put together, it is a bunch of buildings that are LEED or LEED certified. So they are uh, environmentally friendly buildings. They actually gather, I don't know how many tons or rainwater. Of, of rainwater. I don't know. Uh, per year that go through turbines and they actually help to heat the buildings and to cool them and it's just a really cool project but at the top of the tallest building in Hudson Yards they have what is called the edge and it's almost like a pizza slice triangular shaped balcony coming off of the building so it's like cantilever like there's nothing underneath it I reminded Dana of that and she started freaking out about the heights and everything like that babe Look down. You know, yeah. There's nothing underneath us. Like, Great. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up, like, there's, there's huge, like, plexiglass around, like, very thick glass, actually. It's not, like, uh, in, like, a hockey rink, but, like, it's very thick. I think they're close thick. enough. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it surrounds the whole kind of triangle, right? So you can go right up to the edge, and it's angled to a point where you can look straight down. And I'm looking straight down. I'm like, uh, whoa. Like, look at how fluttering. small... Those cars are down there. Cars? Like, you saw cars? We could see Empire State <laughs> Building, Chrysler Building, World Trade Center, Madison Square the most Garden. most beautiful view you'll ever you see. You could see all city. of the bridges that connect to Manhattan. You could see the George Washington Bridge up north of the Hudson River. And I look straight down, and I turn around, and I look at Dana, and she's like five to six feet away from the <laughs> the edge. Literally the edge, right? I and I said, I said, babe, come over and, and look at this. This is amazing. And she goes, no, I'm good. <laughs> 
<laughs> then there was a section where the floor was clear Oof. and you could lay there and take a selfie oh, if you wanted God. to do that or your friend could take a picture of you and literally Ooh. you could see straight down. And I was like, hey, let's go over there. And she goes, are you crazy? <laughs> and I guess I was. But like... <laughs> But it was great because it was like there was like wispy like gray clouds, but then it was like the visibility was you could see into Perfectly Jersey, yeah. you could see into uh, Brooklyn and Queens, you could see the planes lining up to land in Newark Airport. It was like it was when really you cool. Take the elevator up. There's graphics in the elevator explaining. The whole elevator you. is LCD screens, and it plays a video, and it's like showing you the views as you go up and as you come down. And there's they show fireworks across the Hudson River. Yeah, it was just really cool. really cool. So we went in, uh, Dana came to my meeting and sat outside, <laughs> we, went, we had a great dinner at yes. Nobu, we went to The Edge, we highly recommend The Edge to anybody that Love the hotel to too, it's very cute and small, Yeah. boutique-y, like, yeah. the, clearly the restaurants and the bars were shut down, but the gym was still open, which made no sense yeah, to me. let's go breathe heavy on each other in the gym during COVID. <laughs> Um, but the the headboard and the uh, closets very seventies, like yes. very wooden, funky seventies, yeah. which is my jam. Brown leather on the we headboard, it. yeah, it was pretty. cool. The bed, I would say, was like a, a foot off the floor. Super comfortable. So I didn't think Jim yeah. was going to be able to get out of the bed because he's so tall. It was super comfortable, but it was a great experience. We're back and we're hanging at home, and we're gonna. Uh, it is also Tuesday's Mardi Gras, yes. so happy Mardi Gras ahead yeah. of time. I made gumbo yesterday. I just made some potato salad. I'm going to also make some shrimp creole. Waiting for my king cake that should have arrived on Friday. FedEx. What do you throw in that potato salad? Because it's really good. There's pickles in there? Like diced pickles? Well, it's supposed to be um, a dill pickle relish. But I can never find a relish. So I get the small dill pickles and I just dice them up myself. Which I kind of like because I can make them a little chunkier than they normally come. So I like to do it myself now. And it's a southern potato salad, so it's yellow and not white. You calling me yellow? <laughs> you put mayonnaise and mustard in it, <laughs> and I think it's delicious. But of course, I grew up with that, so that's yummy to me. I prefer it over what the is German potato salad, the one with like the skin on it still, and it's yeah. Sometimes so skin on it. Sometimes you could put bacon bits in that. You can oh. put diced onions in that. There's onions in mine too. Yes, and there's eggs. A, there's a lot of things. Are in there yours. eggs in? Other uh, in the German like the potato one, salad. My you mother used having? to make a German one that had had more of like a, a dr- like a clear dressing feel to it. It's like a oh. oil, like an so oil and vinegar mayonnaise? type of deal. No, th- that one was not mayonnaise based. But she... all right, people in Germany, what's in your potato salad? <laughs> that's <laughs> where I it. think that's where my mother got it. it. Was from her mother's side, the back off side, the German side. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. There's a gravestone in Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx that says back off on it. So don't go near that headstone. That's my family's. Back off. <laughs> How is your Valentine's weekend going back off! so far? Um, it's great. Yeah, it's been relaxing. Uh, we had a great date night. and um, We were very busy yesterday. We had... Uh, looking forward to the rest of this month, Black History Month. Nice. Um, and also going into March, obviously we have Women's History Month. Women's History Month, and we have St. Patrick's Day coming up, which yes. I hope that you know we reach herd immunity so that people can enjoy the parade and do all those. We things can have our own parade in the house. We could do that. We could dress up like leprechauns and walk around. Just I kidding. usually do. 
<laughs> no, but Dana changes our apartment for the seasons, so it's very festive. So I'm we a have all festive gal. We have Mardi Gras decorations and tablecloths and things going on. Mask right hanging up and beads. Yes, we still have all of our friends and family's Christmas cards taped to the wall. I mean, look at those happy faces. Yes, it's so those nice. will stay up until next Christmas. And um, <laughs> that doesn't mean don't send any next year. I want those too. Thanks. <laughs> We're coming up here on the end of the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you would like to um, taste this amazing beer called Breathing Conversations, um, you know, originally created by, um, actually, wow, they brewed this at Industrial Arts. Uh, Which one? In, 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 Gar- in Garnerville. Nice. Yeah, so thank you to Industrial Arts and Finback for leading the charge on this. All of the other breweries that are involved, I think it's very important that we all take part in the conversation and you can look up different conversations or pictures of this beer through hashtag breathing conversations so check that out on instagram um and you know if you guys are thirsty for more dana where can they listen to our awesome podcast anchor google play apple spreaker podbean pocket cast cast box every place that you have a platform for podcasts we own it and a shamalama ding dong to oh. you. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Don't murder anyone, but if you do, be smart about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye.